Hey there, Avid listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. All right, let's get into it. Today we're going to be talking about The Pan by Jenny Hickman. This is a young adult science fiction fantasy story that offers readers a new direction with with regarding the uh, retelling of Peter Pan and Captain Hook. Um, I think it's really interesting how... It is grounded in realism, this story. Uh, I will say, you know, it is a unique retelling, but it does suffer from a bit of a slow start. And I thought it was really interesting because Peter Pan is real. um, And it ties into the classic Peter and Wendy story that we're all pretty much familiar with at this point. I mean, let's face it, who hasn't read a Peter Pan retelling? Who hasn't read, um, you know, Peter Pan in some form, either as a play um, or as a storytelling? You know, this is a story we are familiar with as readers. So it's interesting to see the author Hickman take the story in a different um, and unique direction. So, the story begins with Vivian. She's in the hospital after she's collapsed at school, and no one knows what's going on with her. She sees a shadow being, again, no one really knows, and she's been in foster care all her life, um, not all her life, since the death of her guardians, and... At the hospital, she's forced to escape off the roof with a mysterious boy who can fly, Deacon. Now, I think it's a really good opening. It's a rough introduction into what the story is about, but at least it gives the reader an idea of where the story is going, you know, the direction the author is taking with regards to this story. So you already have an idea of what's happening. You know, you have men in black and they're called, um, they're they're Hook. They're part of the Hook organization. And then you have the Pan, um, organization. And it's just really interesting to see this. So, you know, it's a really good opening. It's a rough, it's a rough start. Um, It definitely needs a little bit more polish as far as the writing and the pacing goes, but it still lures the reader in because it has a strong foundation to it. Now, that being said, um, the novel does slow down at that point as it goes between Vivian and Deacon. (coughs) Oh, pardon me. Oh, sorry about that, folks. Um, have quite a cough there. Still getting over my cold. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the story does go between Vivian and Deacon. Um, as it builds up this history behind Wending Peter. Again, it's not. This is not bad thing. It does border on tedious though, because there is a lot of exposition when it comes to Deacon's part. But I understand why the author felt like they needed to tell rather than show. Hickman is establishing her world here. She's establishing the connection between the original J.M. Barry story 
while also creating this new science fiction fantasy world that is grounded in realism. So I understand it. It does um, make sense, but it does border on tedious just because it's a lot of exposition. But we as readers do understand what it means to be what it means to have the never gene and the never gene is it it's a gene that some people are born with um and they are they, they get to live forever basically they get to stay 18 forever but I do like how the author doesn't romanticize it. She has some realism, again, more realism into the story. They look eternally young forever, and they are pretty much immortal, but their minds are still aging. Um, you know, they... There's a lot of heartache with being immortal, and I think we've seen this in a lot of literature, where it's not all cracked up to be, you get to live forever, but then you outliving all of your friends and all of your loved ones. And it's a really sad thought. Like, who wants to live forever without their loved ones? You know, I would definitely not want to live forever without my husband and my son. Definitely would not. And... When the mind goes, I mean, you still have some of these people... They, you know, suffer from dementia, they suffer from Alzheimer's. Having the never gene does not make them immortal, or it does not make them immune to the decay of the mind. And I think that that was something that was interesting. Um, I found it to add more depth to the story, because there's a lot of complications with being immortal. And... Hickman really does establish with her exposition a really good world building here, um, giving the reader a really solid idea of what it means to be a lost boy or girl. It's also interesting to see how Hook, um, the organization, fits into this. There's still more mystery around Hook. We don't have quite all the details, but I think we will see more details in the sequel titled The Hook. So, we're still learning about Hook. We know that they're the bad guys, but are they really? You know, the Pan organization doesn't seem all cracked up to be. They don't seem perfect. No organization is perfect. You're going to have flaws. You're going to have people who are unwilling to bend the rules regardless of how they can help or hinder people. And... On my part as a reader, when Deacon is being yelled at by his mother, who looks 18, so pretty much like his sister, I just wasn't able to believe that. You know, in my head, I had to keep reminding myself, like, no, she definitely looks 18. She doesn't look like a mother. So you do have to suspend your belief for that um, just a little bit. Now, as for the characterization, um, I will say this, the romance part of the story was predictable, um, between Vivian and Deacon, you know, it really 
was unsurprising that these two were going to form a romance. However, there's just the right amount of tension between them that keeps them from falling into a cliche or keeps them from looking like Peter and Wendy. You know, they're both nevers. You know, they're both lost lost boys. and But they both come from different... Um, lives. You know, Deacon has grown up in Kensington. He is the grandson or great-grandson of, you know, Peter himself. So, he, this world is not new to him. This entire thing is not new to him. But for Vivian, she's, you know, been in foster care. She's got foster siblings she cares about. She's just learned that her older siblings spoiler alert, were her parents the whole time. She's learning about the organization, both of them, and she's learning that, you know, it's not clear-cut who the bad guy is. There are lots of shades of gray. You have bad guys in both organizations, and I think that that's something really interesting, and that puts them at odds. But while their romance was something intriguing, I think it was the only thing that gave these characters life because Deacon and Viv were written in a very formulaic way. There was just nothing that made them stand out as characters. Um, they weren't really relatable. Were they fun to read? Yes, they were fun to read, but they also felt too perfect. You know, they felt unrealistic as characters. They fit the storyline, yeah, but I didn't, I wasn't invested in who they were. And I really want to be invested in who they were. I think at the end, though, we do get to see some insight into their characterization. So I'm looking forward to reading books two and three, The Hook and the croc because one i think those i kind of love the <laughs> the titles um and i want to see where this story is going to go so i'm interested in the direction of the story more than i am interested in the characters themselves but overall you know i really do think it is a good story i, I did think you know it was unique. I do like how it tied back to the original Peter Pan story. I did think that was clever on the writer's part because it made the story stand out a little bit more, but it also gave it some more realism as well. So I was thoroughly engaged in that aspect of the story. But overall, I have to give this book three stars. You know, it didn't wow me. I do think that there's room for improvement. However, it did leave me interested in seeing where the story is going to go. Because I do want to know what's going to happen in Hook. I do want to know what's going to happen in The Croc. I am interested. So, when a novel leaves me interested, that says something about the story. Now, once again, my opinion is just my own. Um... You know, you might not feel the same way about this book. You might have been blown away about it. You might hate it. Um, but that's why I like books. You know, I think they are a form of art, and they are definitely open to interpretation. So, overall, um, 
I liked it. Um, I do recommend it. If you want to go ahead and purchase the book, I recommend purchasing it off of bookshop.org so you can support your local bookseller. But please support booksellers and online book retailers as much as possible, and please stay away from Amazon. If you're on the fence about this book, check it out from your local library. And if you like, end up liking the book, please leave a review for the author on online, anywhere you can. Um, and, you know, purchase the book as well. You know, if you really like it, purchase the book at the end of the day, because that's the best way you can support the author. And on that note, I hope you all will continue to support me by liking this podcast, sharing it with all your book-loving friends, and subscribing to it. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading. Mm-hmm.